Wonderful. Wonderful. We got anything to talk about this week? Football game? Uh, no, that's it. All right, we're good. Okay. 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 Um, all right. Anyways, hi, Steve. Um, welcome to another hour of Darian and Steve talk about not football games. No, we're going to talk about a football game. Pretty important football game to talk about this week. Uh, there was a not so important football game last weekend, but <laughs> I, I have I have some questions as it relates to, to Steve about that football game. So I'm excited yeah. for that um so we're gonna talk about that and then we're gonna get into oh we have our, our survey results very excited about our survey results um very there's just there are not to not to tease not to get you some clickbait but there are some stunning surprising answers i think uh on this list <laughs> not the tease and then we go with stunning and surprising That's okay we'll say. keep it on the deal That's all i'm gonna That's say good. and then we'll get to the other football game um and then this week's old guy young guy is actually a sports media segment so we're good it's uh it's a busy week you ready ready to go all right i only i'm gonna do it once this time do ready this is the stuff summary says podcast with steve there we go proud of us proud of me proud of you Steve, let's begin with last week's game. That was Penn State's 63 to nothing win over UMass. Um, they did everything they were supposed to. I think that was my biggest takeaway. Um, I'm not going to bore you with those takeaways. You probably heard those takeaways. Um, so I guess let's let's begin with the elephant in the room. Um, is that I didn't go to the game this weekend, but Steve did. We, we freaky Friday'd a little bit. So, Steve, how was your return to Beaver Stadium? Uh, we went in early, so it was good. Although they honestly, of all the times I've gone in, they they stopped me this time because they the little magnetometers went off. And this is the scariest thing in the world. They, they stopped me and the guy's like, are those steel tube steel toed boots you have? And we're like, Yeah, sure, right, okay. And we kept going, like, and that was enough to keep him happy. what if they really weren't and I was a bad person? Like, I mean, it's just scary. But anyhow, um, so that was the ease was, it was easy getting in. Um, it wasn't as bad in, inside the, like the weather wasn't as awful as I thought it would be. Right. Like when I signed up for it last minute to go with Russ, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awful. Right. Like this, we're going to, this is going to be dreadful. And it really wasn't like, it was actually that we've been like in much worse games. Right. It, we've been in much worse atmosphere at that place um it was great great to go back up the top of the stadium our, our danny's friend said she saw me there till like the third quarter she could see the orange hat which is about how long i was there so good for sarah um i made my walk and found the cheesesteak so that was good um was it good did you enjoy it yes i did good. good so no it was it was it was it felt familiar you know in all the ways it feels familiar right all the stuff that hasn't really changed or whatever but it was just such a dog of a game it was just tough to get engaged you know, it was just, it was not, I mean, yeah, I appreciate that it was only what, 28, nothing at half, but it was, it was never competitive. It was never in doubt. It was, it was about seeing what else was going on in the stadium. So there's a lot of other cool stuff going on. Checked out the beer line, got a beer, wandered around to all the other food stands and things they were changing. So it was kind of good to be back in there. What was your, what was your biggest surprise to the changes that you saw? Or, I think or, there, there's there's a lot more room for more to happen if they want to, right? I mean, realistically, there's there's a lot more spaces and dead spaces and places where you can tuck some things in and do some things that are low-hanging fruit for them to find other activations and other places to, to make some money if they want to. 
I guess I didn't walk down. I didn't walk all the way back down and do the ground level and go around and see what was there. I, I kind of wanted to do that. And I totally forgot to just to see what happens. I know there's a lot of, I was all, I was all up top. When I came down, I was ready to go out because it was just over. Okay. But no, good experience. All right. Good, good. Um, missed the dog somehow, though. When you tell about the dog, and then everybody said, I'm sorry I missed the dog. Uh, the dog was the real highlight of the game. I mean, no offense to take one hardy, but the dog was, that was like, it was one of those points in the game where you're sitting there on the couch and you're like, did I just see a dog on TV? And and you kind of <laughs> go like, look at your Twitter feed. And then everybody's like, there was a dog on TV, right? Like it, it was a great, a great moment. Um, it sounds like there's a, there might be a story coming, not from us, but there may be a story coming. Um, so hopefully we can find more about the dog. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, like you said, Penn State did pretty much everything else they were supposed to. It was weird watching it at home, and I haven't watched a blue-white game at home in a long time, but I imagine that that's what watching a blue-white game at home felt like. It was kind of like watching one in person, too. Yeah, it it was... What I was thinking about during both last week and kind of even during the game itself is, what is the why for SEC teams, not necessarily to do this from the the, the on-field play experience from the fan experience right like how are you an sec athletic director getting people into the, the their those seats during the the week before thanksgiving like it could never work at penn state and it's not a knock at penn state fans i don't know how well if it does work at, at all down in some of the sec schools that do it even later in the season um i don't I don't have a gripe with it. Like I like the idea of having a warmer weather conference game. Right. And I don't, I don't have a gripe with doing it then, but my biggest thought was, was just from the fan perspective was I I wonder if there's a reason this was the homecoming game, not because it was right. Homecoming usually happens right around now. It was because that's going to be the draw to people, get people to the stadium. I was surprised at how many people did show up to the game like what you saw on TV slash what I saw through pictures was not surprised that that place looked like a ghost town by the third, the end of the third quarter. Yeah. And I, again, the athletic department gets its money in the front end, at least the money that matters is the ticket money up front, right? So the 105,000 that they sold that counts as revenue, but you're losing some per cap inside because of it would have been interesting to see what the weather would have done to it. Like how many people let them sit. I mean, I know of four, that were friends that were going to come in into town and just were like, yeah, we have the tickets, but never mind with this weather. So I think people would have showed up if the weather would have been better. They'd have overlooked the UMass thing and taken the blue white thing and, and the homecoming stuff and whatever else and been there. But it was about as sparse as I've seen it for a regular season game ever. I mean, it, really? was, it, wow. it looked light. It just felt light. I mean, because the students weren't there, right. both, both those corners, the students yeah. weren't there. That magnifies what's there. Um, but yeah, it was an easier decision to make not to not to come if you thought the weather was going to be what it was. And it was for a little bit during tailgate time, but not not quite as much during the game. It didn't feel that way anyway. So Okay. All right. Uh who won the chili cook-off? Sarah regained her title. Mackenzie okay. had it last year. Sarah got it back. We had four cookers, good crowd. So yes, big excitement. Was was Sarah's chili worthy of the the winning? I'm going to have to tell you that I don't know that I tasted the chilies. And if oh, that's I... right. You're an impartial judge. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah you're yeah. an impartial judge. I apologize. Let's go with that. That's, that's um, the reason. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to add about Penn State's win over UMass? Thank God it's over.
mean, I mean, and, and, and you know, you're going to get one of those one a year from now on. Apparently, we're dead. You know, and, and it's just if it's the weather, if the weather's good and it's a good Saturday, it's a nice Saturday, right? This yeah. is about as tough as a non-conference game no. you can get for homecoming. At least the weather was good for the parade the night before, right? I mean, people came in, celebrated, had a good time there. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's people had fun. That's all that matters, Steve. All right, it's time to unveil our first ever uh, road trips poll. Uh, about uh, two weeks ago, I guess the week of the Northwestern game, Steve and I kind of put together our little series package. Um, and one of the components was us telling you our favorite road trip memories, but also you sharing some of that information with us. We asked you five questions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna do them out of order based on how the questions are asked because I think I'm relatively surprised by it. So we weren't gonna build any suspense, but now we're just changing the questions. Yeah, we are. We're, this is this is what we're doing. Okay. All right. We're hey, at least we're open and honest and transparent. That's fair. It, you That's know. Fair. Okay. All right, Steve. We asked people which Big Ten school has the nicest fans. Number three, Michigan. Not, okay. uh, you you said them i i they're nice but they're arrogant that's my take on yeah, that. you're not so, scaring you ask nice yeah yeah okay number two wisconsin yeah everything i've heard and you want to take a guess number one it's better not be iowa it's not iowa <laughs> not a high state no nebraska it's nebraska okay oh, oh yeah go with, never mind yeah nebraska is given everybody loves them of course i've never been there but yes yeah the the truly the nicest people um yep. uh, yeah midwestern hospitality is real when you visit out there it's it's not a not a thing all right on the flip side of that coin the meanest fans number three was iowa so we there are, are two this, there are two schools ahead of ahead of them number two again this is this was one of the first surprising answers to me number two on this question was Rutgers. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I would have had them at... I probably would have had them at me. Well, Iowa's number one for me. So maybe I would have had them at two. That I mean, I think Rutgers, that first Rutgers game in 2013, like everybody that went to that game still like has war stories from right, right, that right. experience. Well, those, two of, make, those two make sense of, of, of two of the first... I, but I thought they'd have been one and two one way or another. Who's number one? Ohio State. Okay, well. And I have never, I'm going to jinx it probably by saying it for, since we're going out there this weekend, but I've never really had a problem with them. Um, in fact, last time we were there, our, well, one of our favorite things is, in fact, we're going to try to go back to this library. There's a library right by the football stadium. We went in there to use the bathroom and these two elderly gentlemen were sitting in there and they saw us as Penn State fans and they're like, Hello, we uh we see that you're Penn State fans. Every game, we like to share some Buckeyes with uh, with opposing fans. So, I I I was a little stunned by that one. Okay, all right. This is the one that stunned me most. This is our our third question we asked: Which non Penn State Big Ten stadium is the nicest? And you would have said what? Right? You would have said. I haven't been to enough to know. I would have said of where I've been, Michigan Stadium. Okay, you would. Well, that's uh, you, we should have. Right. Yeah. Limited, 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 limited pool. Right. And now is that it Nebraska I, too. No, world? it is not. And now that I think about this answer, this is probably it's not my answer, but it's the correct answer. It's okay. Minnesota. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, their okay. stadium, which is the newest in the newest Big Ten. I've been there for that one, yeah. Yep. Um, is very nice. I, the only thing I remember about that stadium, the issue I remember having with that stadium, I remember there not being that many bathrooms in that stadium, but it was a nice... Uh, I don't, uh, this is going to sound like, yeah, yeah. it's going to sound like a shot, but it's really not because the, like, it was a very nice minor league ballpark stadium. I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think was, would be the best way to describe that one. Okay. Those are good answers. How many, Never mind. These are smart people that are answering this survey. Good. Thanks for listening and serving smart people. Good job. Yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by these answers. All right. Which big 10 town, not name state college is our listeners favorite our readers favorite number yeah, three see. was west lafayette okay um i want to go back there and explore a little bit more um you've been there a couple times both for and for penn state games but for other things um it's got a charm to it i think mm-hmm. i would probably put bloomington on this list and it was but i don't think enough people probably have been there i think that might be why uh number two was ann arbor which yeah. I think is is probably the the most Rockwellian of the college towns that I've been to. It's just very stereotypical yeah. college yeah. town. Yeah. Um, and number one was Madison, and I think that is absolutely the correct answer. And I think that might be of I haven't been to that many big or non Big Ten schools towns, but I, I think that's probably people who have been to multiple schools. That's their number one answer as well. Um, okay. I think we've got one more question then. And this one's we just got one here here. But uh which which Big Ten town is next on your list? And a lot of people said Maryland, but I think that's just because a lot of people are going to the Maryland game mm-hmm. this year. That's an easy game for people to get to. And the number one answer is uh, I would assume my wife's number one answer, which is Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Anything surprising there? No, I mean that would that would be my my answer, right? That's what people want. If they're the nicest people, why not go there? Why not see it? You know, and God bless all the people who want to go to Maryland, cheer loud, have a good time. But I don't know that College Park has a draw for me. No, no. it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a nice it's a stadium. They they have good. Wow, it's a Beltway exit. What <laughs> well, is? It is, but <laughs> Maryland has Maryland has done has figured out how to do regional food in their stadium. You can get crab. Mm-hmm pretzels and crab food uh you can get lido pizza which is delicious mm-hmm. um down here um i i am still a little stunned at the minnesota answer i i didn't think that that one would be on the list per se but it it surprised me to see that one on the list kudos um, to all the survey takers that's yeah, great thank, thank you for to everybody who answered all right uh that is it for that part of the show. So that leaves uh, a pretty important discussion. Uh, it's time to discuss Penn State's game with Ohio State. Um, I, I've i been thinking about this a little bit, just, you know, both thinking about it in the context of the podcast, thinking about the context of the blog. I, I haven't quite decided what I'm going to write yet for this week, but I I have been thinking, and, and I, I think it was Horman's all 22 um, article, which if you haven't read those yet, I, I think you need to check them out. He basically put the question out there of, is this James Franklin's most important game? So I want to begin there. And that's, it's not a critique on Mike's article by any means. It's just, I, I think that's a very fair conversation to have um, with this Ohio state game. I, I don't, 
I don't know that right now in this moment, this is James Franklin's most important game at Penn State so far because he's got another chance to, if this goes wrong, to to fix it with being Michigan, right? They're still going to come out of the season being 11-1. and one. But what does keep me up at night, does keep me bothered, and, and, and Mike did a nice job of calling this out in, in his column too, is – this there's a lot of checks that James Franklin has written is that this is the, I'm taking words from the column right now, but there's a lot of checks that James Frank Franklin has written lately. And Mike is hundred percent right on that because I think ultimately in the eyes of public perception, if Penn state loses this weekend, the sky is falling. Everything is ending. We might as well just pack up the season, shut it down now and I don't think that's what how I feel about it, but that's going to be the sentimentality around the game if Penn State loses. And I think that kind of brings me back to our other point of this podcast is patience. That being said, I still think Penn State is going to win this weekend. I think they're just I think this defense is too good. I don't think this Ohio State team has been tested by a defense like this Penn State defense. Yes, Penn State hasn't played anybody. Ohio State's played Notre Dame, but at the same time, what and I know they were playing UMass this weekend, and I know that they've played really nobody, but watch this Penn State defense, and it is the most athletic of our our my lifetime, at least. It is the most smart and cerebral defense I've ever seen. And that has been where Penn State has fallen short. It's been able to go to Ohio State and put up points. It's been able to hang in there. It's I mean, Penn State really gets an injury to to Ulu last year. And that's when the game falls apart with, with JTT getting two sacks and a fumble or whatever it was off the top of my head. All of that is to say patience is necessary. So if the game doesn't start out right, if the game doesn't, isn't even at, at halftime, isn't going the way it, it should. We've seen it time and time again, that especially with this team, it's, it's shades of 2016. This is a second half team. This is a team that can turn it on late. It's just all about making sure that you make the most of that moment. And I know that was a lot of convoluted strings of theories, but that's about where I'm at with it at 8.01 on Monday evening. So you're talking patience within the 60 minutes of action on Saturday, kind of like the Dr. Pepper commercial where they're not you know, burning stuff after the first play of the season. You want that kind of patience, which I'll yeah. go with you there. I, I think there's probably a few people who listen regularly at least one who probably fell off their chair or went off the side of the road when they heard patience in James Franklin and Penn State in this context. Because I think people would be very impatient if they lose on Saturday because it, they will point to, well, you know, he's been here a decade, won the one title. And I had a guy at a at church where we're doling out coffee on Sunday. It's like, oh, big game next week. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I care, but I don't. I mean, I, I do, but you know, he's like, hi. He said, if we went 2-11 and 11 every season, and those two games were Michigan and Ohio State, I'd be happy. He said, but that hasn't been what's happening. I'm like, that's true. So I don't think the fan base will be very – I do think the sky will be falling if they lose. Um, I just don't think they're going to, like of what I've seen of Ohio State. And I think they Penn State has played them well out there and played them well in general. Now, again, they've lost, but they've played well. And I guess the people that are – Probably my brother, if he's to this point of listening, like, yeah, that's nice. They played well, but the coach is making bad decisions and making calls on whatever downs, and that's why they don't they don't win the games. 
So that's what'll be fun to watch and see how that goes. Um, I think for I think the big indicator, if, the media indicator of whether Penn State's doing any good is whether you get a Gus Johnson A level game or a Gus Jebel, Gus Johnson Illinois level game. If you get if you get Illinois level, it's it's probably not good news. If you get excited Gus Johnson, the game's competitive and your team's probably got a chance. You know, so that may be the one barometer that that I was thinking about from a media perspective. If you get good Gus, the it's game's competitive and it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Well, let's let's put a pin in Gus Johnson because I want to come back to that for a hot second. Um, yeah, it, that's the other part of this equation, right? Is like eventually a broken clockwork is right twice a day. <laughs> and that's not to say Penn State is a broken clock because I don't think they are. But eventually, like, James Franklin can he has the pieces to figure it out it's can he make the moves to figure it out and i think he can like i just i think he's learned we've seen him grow so much over the last three four seasons ever since the covid year he's 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 been a different coach because he's every year he's compounded a lesson they haven't had to learn a lesson yet this year and i i just I think that is a good thing. I think that they are they're they're combining all of these other lessons into coaching, into playing, into roster development. We're we're going to see we're going to see the best Penn State team that has has ever played Ohio State in the James Franklin era on Saturday, and if James Franklin can't beat this Ohio State team, which does ha, doesn't have that quarterback as much as it's had uh, the the quarterback other years does have probably the, the greatest college wide receiver in the last five years, 10 years even, but their defense doesn't keep me up the way it did before at night. It's just, there's something really wrong here. If we can't figure this out based on everything that's in front of James Franklin. I guess yeah, if not, if not this year, then when, right? I mean, realistically. Right. But I mean, I think that that will go towards skies falling stuff, right? Like, I, I do, from what I've seen of Ohio State and Penn State, think that Penn State will win. I think the running backs may finally have a, a bigger game and play a bigger role and do what they're, you know, what we talked about them doing. They'll break one here or there. They'll do some things. I think the receivers for Ohio State matching up against the Penn State defensive backs is not a bad, not as bad as it sounds. I think Penn State defensive backs are really good. Um, no, it, it's all about that. What if, right? Like, and, and some decision making, some calls, right? That's what it's going to come down to, is some coaching calls, because everybody's going to give you the, the the Jimmys and Joes, and then it comes down to to what does James do? Um, and I think on the other side, what does Ryan Day do? I mean, he seems from afar, you know, armchair quarterback, armchair armchair psychologist, a little more stressed this season. Than mm -hmm. some others, right? Like that, the, there's some pressure that you got to win some games. You lost to Michigan. You got to do some stuff. So I think that adds a nuance to it in game day that that may or may not have happened before. So that's what makes it fun. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see it. It'll be a fun game to watch, and hopefully, it comes out in a way that makes people happy and keeps lots of media stuff happening for us to talk about. Yeah, I, I'm the Ryan Day thing is interesting, and I. 
I wonder if some of that's like coaches speak because he like flat out said after the, the Purdue game, we're not ready uh, for we're not ready for what's next type thing, essentially. Um, or is that just be brutal honesty? And I, I do think that that is interesting. Um, let's go back to the Gus Johnson point real quick, because I, I, I do think that that is interesting. And I was thinking about that a little bit this weekend. Did you see the Joel Klatt thing? Did you see that? The exchange, you mean, from the last week? from uh, on, on Saturday, uh, if you, if you didn't catch it, um, Joel Klatt essentially, show. yeah, Joel yeah. Klatt essentially called out James Franklin for calling out Michigan scheduling, but that he wasn't, James Franklin wasn't really calling out that scheduling. It was just stating a fact they haven't really played anybody. And Joel Klatt was like, they're playing UMass this weekend. I, I do wonder <laughs> wonder if this will be the record for most people muting their television if this game is <laughs> 14 to 10 in the third quarter or something like that amongst Penn State people because I think people are just going to, again, going back to the patience thing, just be patient about every, everything. It'll be fine. Go listen to Steve and Jack. That's what they're there for. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually, when I wrote and I wrote and filed yesterday for the Altoona paper, I, I think the mirror. I think it'll be interesting that that production meeting on that they have Thursday or Friday with the Fox people. Oh yeah, you know, Flying I mean, because James has a James has a, you know, he, he he takes receipts. He might not say it like Deion Sanders does, but he he keeps receipts too, right? So and and it, I, I don't know that James he can say it was matter of fact, but he was taking a shot too at whatever else was going on. So. Everybody's taking shots and somebody that took shots at each other are going to be in the same room. So even if it's an offhand, you know, well, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, I mean, just some little dig. I'd respect them for that, but I mean, we yeah. probably won't ever know. Yeah. All right. Um, have you, here's, here's the last question I want to pose to you about Ohio State, Penn State playing football this weekend. We have been very confident. I'm still very confident. Um, that this is probably the year that it's going to happen. And like you said, if not, when, when, um, do you, given everything you've seen this season, if you scale a one to 10, if you were at a, a nine going into the season, are you above or below that as we sit here on Monday? I think above, like I, I, I... I don't know. I just, the, the, what I've seen of Ohio State, like I, I felt the loss at Notre Dame was as much Notre Dame losing as it was Ohio State winning, obviously. Um, and I know Ohio State put up good numbers last week. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think Penn State has played out, played well out there through the years, every year, no matter who's been there. They've been out, they've really got the horseshoe. It's not like they're intimidated by the place. So, and I think they have as much talent across on both sides of the ball as you know ohio state does for a change so i'm looking forward to it and i think they are in good shape yeah that's optimistic steve for you to fill your ears there you go wonderful week. optimistic this is the day to catch me folks every week this is this I, is see, the only place i'm telling you, telling you. this is really the only place this plays um okay this fix old guy young guy you go you said you, you said your piece yep okay just making sure uh this week's old guy young guy uh let you tee it up Brought to you by, it's media related, brought to you by Pat McAfee. Uh, the big news that broke last week was a, a media story, I think out of the New York Post in New York, that Pat McAfee pays um, 
what's his face? The former Packers quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, him. Sorry for blanking. Um, pays Aaron Rodgers for his appearances. And in the old journalism world, right? You don't you don't pay your sources, you don't do whatever. It did, keeps you ethical. Uh, Pat McAfee isn't exactly journalism, it's entertainment. And he spun it off well. He's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay the people that had me help help me find success, right? And if they're integral to this show and make us successful, they they should share in that success. So that was his reason for doing it. The, the the media critic at the post, and I'm sure some other old school people older than me were chafing at, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, he's paying these people. They're entertainment shows. I mean, he gets good information, and people watch his show to get that information. So, but it doesn't bother me. I mean, I guess it maybe it should if I was the old old guy, but it just I don't know. In that instance, it doesn't bother me, and I, and I understand why, and it makes sense in other situations. But you know, if you're looking to be a guest here, sorry, we don't have the budget, but we're better, we're entertaining. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. Yeah, we we we, we definitely have that budget, Steve. I tell you, we can get um, you some swag. You know, yeah, we can go or, from plain yeah. shirts to like nice, <laughs> nicer shirts. Um, no, I. I was taken aback by the number of people that were surprised by this, like surprised by the fact that people, because like at first I thought about it in the context of Ben Roethlisberger, who did the, did the fan. I think it was the fan, um, either the fan or DVE. I can't remember which one for however many years, every Wednesday or, or I think maybe Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, and it just was evident to me that he was getting paid to do that. Like it's, it was evident. Then I thought about it a little bit more and my gears started spinning. And I was like, wait a second. What about James Franklin's contract? James Franklin's contract is this is, this is how James Franklin makes pretty much almost all of his money. And then the other part of his money, like there's a tiny bit that he gets paid from Penn state. I mean, he gets paid everything from Penn state, but from Penn state athletics, he's a tiny bit. There's a ton of money that he also gets from wearing Nike stuff. Like it's no, it's no different. I, I, and I, I was really surprised at the number of people that were like, what do you mean? Like, of course he's like, you think he's going to have Aaron, like you think Aaron Rodgers wants to talk probably well, it's Aaron Rodgers. So maybe he's a bad example, but it, he's going to want to, he's going to want to be compensated for spending 20 minutes every week to talk about the things that he talked about in the detail that he's talked about. I think honestly, like that's probably why we have gotten some of the answers we have from Aaron. I don't think it's necessarily him being, you know, him just talking that way. Cause I don't think he talks that way with the rest of the media. Um, so yes, going back to your point of it's entertainment, that's, we're being entertained by it. Like it's a smart business decision. Now, is it, is it problematic that you go, you know, do I think Pat McAfee has handled all of the Aaron Rodgers situations properly? Probably not. Um, just kind of hasn't pushed his thumb hard enough down on, on certain things. Um, and I think that would be, I think, in the context of Aaron Rodgers, like there are athletes who have done a lot worse too. Um, Aaron Rodgers has just kind of like spewed his conspiracy theories. If something more serious were to happen with Aaron Rodgers and McAfee isn't, isn't either is either not or continuing to pay him or is not pressing or, or holding accountability a little bit more then I think, you know, we've got a bigger, bigger issue. And, and I think, I think 
that's where I'm at with it. I think people will let him know. Like, yeah. I, I think, I mean, that that's the connect, the connection with the fans and, and, and the live stuff on you, on YouTube. I think people will let Matt McAfee know, Hey, and even now, because now you're paying him, why can't you ask him a stronger question? Why can't you do whatever? And, and because he's not in part, because those questions probably aren't going to be asked, but you know, I think they're the jocularity, the conversation, you still get interesting information out of it. And, and this has been happening forever with, like I said, coaches contracts with, with, Tom Brady in, in New England. Every, everybody had a segment on a radio station as a pro football player. I mean, in, in their market, everybody's got something where they're getting they're getting paid, right? And, and 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 I have less of a problem, much less of a problem with this happening with Tom with Pat McAfee than I do with Penn State football players showing up at the at the old age home and people saying, "Oh, it's so great that they showed up." Okay, they're getting paid, right? So. And that's that's masquerading as charity and volunteer work. This is just showing up to do an interview, and 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 that's happening too. But I have much less of a problem with that than I do with oh, look at them working at the food bank. Yeah, they got paid to be there, so that's like much more problematic for me than this. Right? No, yeah, I think that that checks out. Um. Okay. Anything else you want to add there? No. Can't wait to see who the next people are that are making money off of this. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we pay all of our guests all zero dollars and zero cents. It's a flat fee. Flat fee. Yeah. Everybody's the same. Yeah. So, um, so if you're interested, you'll be treated as fairly as anybody yeah. else. Yeah. And so, well, you get to pitch your stuff. You always do a good job of that. Oh uh, yeah. We, uh, yeah, actually you get, you, you get, you get paid from it. We, we know we have, we have led to subscribers for certain people. We certainly have. So that's, there all, you go. that's all I'll say. Um, Okay uh stuff coming later this week well no sorry not stuff stuff as in stuff on the blog coming later this week um be sure to look out for that hopefully be back on my normal schedule this week um so i'm excited about that um steve are you right this week anything i am i was just looking to see what i said i was right on the on the calendar so okay. yes all right. Tonight, tomorrow. all right i'm gonna spin some gears there um excited about that Let's see. We've got a podcast, which you just listened to. Give us five stars, thumbs up, um, rate us, all of that. Subscribe to us. Um, we've got an email, which is mine is Darian at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's got an email as well. It's Steve at StuffSummerSays.com. On Steve's website, or um, no, wait, on Darian's website, there is a part for Steve called with Steve uh and lastly we've got twitter handles mine is at stuff summer says steve's is at steve samson all right other than that um we'll talk on monday i'm sure there'll be nothing to talk about that's nice quiet goodbye okay,